welcome to the Privacy Whisper podcast. Today we have here Romain Gauthier, the founder and CEO of Didomi. He's going to talk a little bit about the story of Didomi, how privacy is evolving in his perspective. He will give tips for small businesses. I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Uh, thanks a lot, Lisa, for uh, having me on this uh, great podcast. Uh, so I'm Romain. I uh, co-founded uh, Didomi. Uh, in 2017, and uh, Didomi is a is a company that specializes in uh, privacy user experience solutions. What is it? It's uh, things that you uh, uh, enjoy uh, all day long on the web, like uh, consent management uh, solutions for cookie consent, tracker consent, other forms of of consent. We also have preference management solutions, uh, which uh, are another way to indicate your privacy preferences to companies, uh, and uh, more and more solutions for uh, any sort of privacy touch points, including privacy requests, privacy information. Uh, so, as a company, we think it's uh, it's it's key for. Uh, uh, our clients to deliver great privacy user experience uh, and also to ensure that all the privacy signals that uh, end users, uh, customers are, are sending them are correctly enforced across the organization. So we, uh, we've been working on that for the past seven years and uh, it's, uh, it's fascinating, a fascinating space and a lot to be uh, built and to, to keep building uh, over, over the future years. Didomi came very early, one of the first privacy companies uh, investing in privacy tech. How did everything begin? You started before GDPR enforcement, and I want to hear the story. What, what, how was this idea to start Didomi? Sure. So I, um, before Didomi, I, uh, I worked for a, a couple of years in the ad tech space, uh, first by building uh, my first startup, uh, TacTads, uh, in 2013. Then we got acquired by a, a large American uh, ad tech company called MediaMath, uh, where I worked for, uh, for three years. Uh, and I remember it was uh, 2016, and we had this uh, presentation by uh, the privacy officer at MediaMath, uh, who introduced the company to uh, a new thing called the GDPR, uh, which was going to um, to be enforced a couple of years down the line. Um, and I don't remember exactly why I, I joined this uh, presentation, uh, but uh, I definitely got out of it uh, thinking uh, that uh, it was game-changing. Uh, and uh, the reason why I thought that way was because uh, uh, during the presentation, I, 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 I couldn't stop uh, thinking about what would be uh, an EU privacy compliant ad tech solution. Uh, and there are like many questions that uh, were triggered uh, during this, uh, this presentation. How would uh, personalized advertising look like if there was no tracking? Uh, how would uh, like all the protocols that are used by uh, ad tech uh, work and be performed? And so I, I realized that uh, all of a sudden uh, there was uh, going to be this uh, massive transformation that uh, very few people actually realized was going to happen. Uh, and yeah, as an entrepreneur, it's just uh, piqued my curiosity. I couldn't stop uh, digging, uh, and uh, I, I got myself very familiar with uh, GDPR concepts and, and, and the regulation. And uh, from that, I tried to uh, to transform that into some uh, some solutions. Uh, and uh, and Didomi was born. Uh, uh, so we we actually found the name of Didomi with my uh, co-founder Jawad, who's also our, our CTO, uh, early uh, 2017. Uh, and uh, and yeah, fr from there, like uh, the journey uh, started, and uh, it's been uh, it's been uh, yeah, a very interesting journey. And uh, 
we, we haven't rested. <laughs> a small business, or, or when you now you're not small anymore, my boy. When you begin, any business has to think about marketing, and it's all challenges how to grow. And I want to understand from an entrepreneurship point of view, what's different when you are a, so a privacy tech? What are the challenges? So how what's different? You you were entrepreneur before, so what's different between normal tech or general tech and privacy tech? It's, it's a great question. I think. Um... Privacy tech is, uh, is specific in the sense that uh, you're working on a topic that uh, is not any topic. Uh, privacy is something that uh, uh, is fundamental for a lot of people. Uh, and so you, you can't just uh, uh, like uh, be opportunistic and, uh, and work in privacy tech. Uh, in some f form and way, you have to come with your values and, and your positioning on, on, pri on key privacy topics and, uh, and defend that. Um, just like a couple of examples, but when you're a small uh, startup, uh, your obsession is to grow, to grow fast. Uh, and, uh, and these days, startups uh, who want to grow fast use uh, very hacky techniques. Uh, so people call that growth hacking. Uh, uh, it's, it's one thing that we, we always refrain to, uh, to do at, at Didomi. Uh, it doesn't mean we don't know uh, how it works, how, we, how this, like all these techniques, it's, it's uh, very interesting to get to know how these things work and to adapt them uh, to, uh, to your business. Uh, and, uh, and that's what we've uh, attempted to do over the years. Uh, also, uh, uh, I'm personally very sensitive in not receiving too many uh, communications, emails, uh, WhatsApp, and so on. It's, it's just so tiring to be uh, uh, overwhelmed all, all day long by, uh, by communication. And so trying to adapt our uh, uh, company uh, communication, our B2B uh, communication policies to, uh, uh, to be privacy uh, uh, effi efficient, uh, I would say. Uh, so that's, that's one area where we, we, we have to be a bit different. Um, Overall, as a company, Didomi, we try to eat our own dog food. So uh, we've always been the first users of our solutions. So uh, when we, uh, we say we collect consent, we, we first started with uh, collecting consent on our website. Uh, and uh, and same goes for every uh, Didomi uh, solution. We, it's fascinating to be able to use your own solution for your company uh, and to explore what it means, uh, all the challenges you, you go through. Uh, it's also a very good way to, um, to understand what are the actual needs of your uh, customers and, and the companies you're going after. So, um, but yeah, privacy is, uh, is, is a bit different. I, I'm not sure it's the only like uh, a category in tech that is, uh, that is uh, yeah, specific, uh, but it's true that um, when you build a privacy tech, uh, you're a solution provider. So uh, you can't be uh, like an ideologist. You can't, uh, uh, you can't really uh, fight politically for, uh, for your, uh, what, what you think. Uh, and that's one area where I think uh, I, I learned a lot over the years. Um, I, I feel one thing that where we did well was to stay neutral. So um, we would always favor uh, what uh, what we think is is good is right, uh, but at the same time we are a solution provider. So we need to respect uh, that some companies or clients may think differently, and they are 
buying from us. So they are they are the ones who decide. Uh, very often we get uh, criticized as a CMP provider for not uh, like offering uh, the best possible or the most logical UI uh, from uh, or UX uh, from a privacy standpoint. So some uh, some people say CMPs are, are nudging the user to a specific choice. Um, it's true that some CMPs have a vested interest in collecting yes rather than no for uh, the consent question. Uh, at Didomi, we don't. We don't make more money if people say yes or no. Uh, uh, and uh, and that's fundamental. Like That's a, a red line we've never crossed. We don't want to uh, collect personal data or uh, monetize or, or use personal data in any, any way that, uh, uh, that we could have uh, uh, in the past. Uh, and uh, and so that's where we, uh, we we've stayed neutral and we've um, we've stick to this idea, but we need to uh, offer our clients options that are satisfactory for them. And when you're a publisher, uh, fully depending on uh, personalized advertising for your business model, so you if you don't collect uh, cookie consent, you go bust. Uh, you also need to like uh, be uh, uh, sympathetic with this type of, of uh, customer as a solution provider and uh, and make sure you. Yeah, you, you you push them in the right direction, but at the same time meet their meet their needs. So uh, that's where like uh, privacy tech gets uh, gets tricky. I'm sure every privacy tech uh, startup founder will face this kind of dilemma. Um, what I learned from that as well is that. Uh, yeah, over time, we are going in the right direction. So it's a transformation uh, for companies to uh, respect uh, users' privacy. Uh, sometimes it's painful, it's hard for companies to, to do that. Uh, but they are going there, slowly but surely, uh, pushed by regulation, pushed by uh, uh, their uh, their customers. Uh, and uh, And so it's a journey and so we are like uh, helping our clients go through all these uh, uh, these steps to uh, for, for a better future so that's where i'm i'm still very optimistic about uh, privacy and privacy tech i feel we history has proved that we are we are going in the right direction and that uh, as the market gets uh, educated as the market matures we can really uh, push the envelope a bit further and um, and move towards uh, like a better state for everyone and, and you're mentioning the market is more mature. So what, as a service provider in privacy, what changes did you notice? I see from your client's perspective, what, from what they demand or if they're ready or not. From 2017 to 2023, did you notice the change in the behavior of your clients? Or when, when we started, uh, most professionals outside of uh, privacy officers had never heard about privacy uh, or uh, any regulation. Uh, now it's um, it's it's in in everybody's uh, like a mouth. Uh, you take uh, like a marketing professional; they they will know about GDPR. They will have a, uh, an approximate idea about what it is and what it does. Uh, some are very uh, like got really trained and uh, are really uh, almost experts in, in GDPR and all the nuances uh, of it. Um, so I, I guess the idea of uh, Building product uh, with a privacy by design and uh, uh, principles is has made a lot of progress because professionals have uh, uh, like know more about privacy than uh, back in the years, uh, and so this is like um, flowing into any organization. So every position, every professional will. Uh, we'll get educated over time uh, on, on privacy IDs and uh, and embed that in their 
the daily uh, life as a professional. Uh, so that's one thing that has really changed, I guess, uh, which makes uh, any conversation easier with uh, with professionals. You, you don't have to start from the ground uh, uh, and and build uh, up to the point which is interesting to to you. you like the codes are are well known by uh, by most professionals these days. Uh, at least talking about Europe, and that's where I think uh, <laughs> there is an interesting uh, comparison to make with uh, the U.S. I think the U.S. is going through this uh, this phase right now at, uh, at an accelerated path, but uh, uh, that's another uh, topic discussion. Um, uh, for 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 what has changed, I would also say that uh, obviously uh, the privacy tech landscape. Uh, has matured, so there is uh, there are a lot more uh, solutions out there. Uh, a lot have uh, grown significantly, and so as a result, are uh, can be considered really credible. Have uh, also uh, evangelized, uh, educated the market a lot. Uh, what we've also seen in uh, like fairly recently is a very large tech players uh, going after uh, privacy opportunities. So, for instance, uh, Salesforce has a, a privacy offering. Uh, Adobe uh, is is really has put uh, privacy at the center of uh, their uh, go-to-market strategy. So, they, 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 there are like many like large tech uh, vendors out there who've realized that. Uh, yeah, Privacy is uh, something they need to uh, to build for, uh, and uh, and that also is changing the perception of the of the market on on privacy. Uh, all that is uh, yeah uh, reinforcing this idea that uh, privacy is uh, inevitable, uh, and so as a, as a professional, you'd better uh, adapt, uh, learn about it, uh, get trained, and uh, figure out how to how your job is going to to be transformed uh, with uh, privacy principles, uh, rather than uh, refuse or reject it. In the early days. People tended to reject the idea of privacy uh, much more, uh, and so we were like really, uh, uh, in that sense, pioneers. So, like nobody really believed that what we were doing would actually be something meaningful. Uh, these days, it's these kind of conversations have uh, have disappeared completely, uh, and even at a, at a high level within large organizations, so at, at board level, uh, there is no question about the about privacy. Uh, at least, it's uh, it's uh, it's perceived as a as a risk for uh, fines and reputation for large uh, brands and large enterprise companies. So they they are mitigating this risk. Uh, at best, uh, it's perceived as uh, something that could actually favor uh, a larger transformation and therefore benefits their uh, their their company because uh, their customers are actually uh, in demand for that. Uh, but uh, yeah, th this is still a uh, work in progress. So uh, we, we can't really say that uh, privacy has won, but uh, I would say there is a lot more maturity and, uh, and that's making, uh, I think, our uh, jobs more interesting as well. And, and if we think about the drivers of these changes, do you think the main driver is the fear of being fined? Is the fear of brand harm? Or is the market competition from what you see in your clients and your personal perspective, what do you see as a main driver of these changes? Everybody says it's because, yeah, there are larger fines, there is more enforcement, and uh, GDPR has uh, teeth, <laughs> uh, this kind of, um, of ideas. I've never really been convinced about it uh, because um, 
just an example, last year, uh, Google Analytics, Google Analytics was declared illegal. Uh, and that's a very, an oversimplification of what has actually happened, but that's the way like the market perceived it. Uh, at the same time, uh, Google has still like uh, 60% of, uh, of market share in, in analytics, uh, in the analytics category one year after uh, in Europe. We, uh, we checked that and, and that's so not, nothing has really changed. So I think companies are used to live with this kind of risk and are making, uh, uh, are taking risks all day long with respect to uh, regulations and law that can't really be enforced uh, in a simple way. Uh, so I, I, I've, I'm not sure it's the main driver. Um, one of the drivers that I don't think people realize is that uh, since uh, like 20, 2018, internet users all over the world are starting every internet session by answering uh, a consent question. Um, and so we've put uh, in front of everyone's eyes a new thing, uh, a privacy experience. You can, everybody agrees that it's, uh, it's not perfect, it's annoying and so on and so forth, but uh, there has been change and, and that's, uh, that change is, uh, is really visible and, uh, and seen by everyone. Uh, and so even if you don't understand exactly what's going on uh, there uh, as, a, as an internet user, you, you realize that something has changed. So companies have had to adapt and to give you a, a choice. Uh, and I believe that this, uh, this has like uh, uh, initiated a, a larger change uh, with uh, consumers' uh, habits and uh, attitudes towards privacy. Um, and so as a result, and I, th I think... Um, there are also data like uh, clearly demonstrating that we see companies receive more privacy requests year after year. So uh, people trying to understand what data is being processed and and, and how to erase it, uh, for instance. Uh, so there is a yeah, constant uh, progression of this number of requests. Like it's it's not something you do on a daily basis as an as a, an average internet user, but it's something that you might do which you didn't do in the past. Uh, and so I, I, I'm, I'm a much stronger believer in this kind of driver for change because companies need to adapt. To adapt. Um, the other driver that I think don't, people don't really suspect is that um, uh, large companies are taking no chances with respect to, uh, to compliance. Uh, and that has like a, a positive effect uh, in the sense that uh, there is a, a waterfall of uh, companies that are... Uh, for, for, forced to uh, follow the lead of uh, of these large brands and uh, and large companies, uh, and so as a result, a lot of companies have had to adapt and to to attack this problem and to to get compliant. Uh, small, medium-sized companies do do things uh, in a smart way, so they uh, they've like. Uh, taken a bit of time to figure out what it would actually mean for their business uh, and have done a pretty good job at transforming for a lot of them. Uh, again, talking mostly about uh, Euro Europe as uh, I think the, the main, the most advanced market there, but these kind of uh, patterns uh, can be followed pretty much in every country that moves toward privacy through a, a new regulation. Uh, that's, uh, that's the type of waves we we have served uh, many times since uh, 2018. The industry is evolving, right? So what we saw in 2017 is not the same as what we are seeing now. How do you see the privacy industry in five years? Let's do a, an exercise of futurism. 
a twist in the privacy regulation trend and we're going to see less compliance or a different type of privacy? How, how would you imagine the industry, the privacy industry and compliance to be in five years from now? First, there is a trend towards uh, global harmonization. So uh, in companies who, are, uh, who have activity across many countries, uh, I think we'll go in in the direction of a global policy, uh, and uh, which was not the case in the in the in the early days. So where you you, you would differentiate what uh, a European user would see from what uh, an Asian user would see. I, I guess uh, five years from now we'll have a much more uh, global approach to privacy. So. Uh, it's going to be like a company policy to enforce privacy in the same way uh, for every market, every country, uh, where there is still some form of arbitrage at, at the moment because of, of regulations. So I, I, I very much see that disappearing over time and uh, because it's it's complex and uh, and makes little sense and, uh, and can't really be justified because... Uh, uh, I'm a, a French internet user, but sometimes I travel. Uh, I, I can go on the same brand website, and I won't accept as a as a, as a user to have different uh, type of uh, privacy experiences uh, just because the regulation here says uh, differently than in Europe. So that's uh, uh, that's just yeah, an, an example, uh, but there, there are many. Uh, uh, all sorts of complexities when you when you try to to this, this kind of differentiated approach to uh, to privacy, uh, and uh, and so that's one one thing. So a, a global harmonization that I am sure will happen. Uh, now the, the one thing where I'm very uh, uh, optimistic uh, is uh, is I feel that privacy will be much better embedded into the user experience than it is today, uh, and so we'll uh, we'll have companies design. The way they onboard users, the way users uh, use their, uh, their 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 services, their tools, uh, with more privacy embedded and in a in a natural way, and that's where uh, obviously at Didomi we we do a lot of research and we we work hard to making that happen and making that easy for companies. Uh, but I really see a future where uh, you, you will land on the on an e-commerce website uh, and uh, the same way you. Today you pay or you log to a website, so it's it's a form of ritual you've uh, you've uh, internalized as a, as an internet user. Uh, the same way you'll have this sort of privacy ritual, which will be uh, about understanding and controlling which data are collected. Uh, and so I, I, I guess this kind of um, of user experience will be will be made much uh, much better than than it is today, uh, and uh, and really built and thought for the user. Uh, and that's one thing that uh, I'm I'm hoping will happen in the next five years is that uh, rather than uh, working hard on compliance, uh, so on, on on the letter of the law, we'll uh, work hard on the spirit of the law, and uh, and and as a result, uh, give out a much better user experience. Again, we do we do a lot of research on, on privacy user experience. There are lots of things you can imagine that uh, that uh, that could be built. Uh, so that's the beauty of, of technology. You can really uh, yeah, make that uh, uh, an exceptional user experience, uh, and also make that feel very natural and uh, something that uh, 
you wouldn't think was not existing before when you've uh, you've gone through it. So uh, and and so uh, giving out your email or your address uh, will be something that uh, a ritual that you'll do in, in a much with, with much better uh, safeguards and controls uh, and and something that. Um, that companies will have sold for uh, in a much better way than they do today. I think cookies uh, will be uh, something of the past. So, uh, uh, but at the same time, the idea of uh, personalizing your user experience, uh, which uh, goes hand to hand with the idea of tracking, will still be there uh, in just a much better uh, fashion. So, at Didomi, we work a lot on this notion of preferences. So. Uh, uh, these days, companies uh, determine what kind of personalization you want to do by looking at your web history, at uh, some of your uh, behaviors. The one thing that very few companies do is asking about what you'd like to uh, to see. Uh, and that's the notion of preference. And I, I feel in the user experience, this notion of preference has been really overlooked. Uh, and, uh, and I think the internet user experience could be much better if... Uh, if you, 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 you would just shape it uh, the way you, you feel, the way you'd like, uh, and declare rather than uh, uh, give cl clues uh, with your behavior about what is actually uh, interest, of interest to you. Uh, so that's what I mean by when I talk about private signals. These kind of signals can be uh, like uh, embedded into the user experience in a much better fashion. In your point of view, the user expectation of privacy is only going to grow and the user will be more comfortable in expressing privacy choices. Say there are two main points of view. One, the privacy optimistic view that people are going to have higher expectations and they will want to be more engaged in their choices. They will be like aware and engaged. And the other option would be people will care less. So maybe next generations will, will be less interested and less engaged. So you, you, are, you are a privacy optimistic. It's not just the users. I, I really believe that it's um, companies have a say in that, and so they they, they can lead the the, the market and, uh, and by offering something uh, different, new, and uh, and more interesting, they can differentiate and and. Uh, move the market in, in this direction. And so their competitors will see, okay, ah, my, my main competitor is doing things really uh, in a really nice way. I want to do the same. I, it seems to work. So um, I, I'm sure that the one thing I'm convinced about is that if you uh, deliver great privacy user experience, you'll get great uh, business outcomes. Uh, and that's maybe the, the one uh, like... Uh, one core belief I have. Uh, so if, if this is proved wrong, maybe then the rest uh, collapses. But, uh, but so far, uh, I've, I've never seen uh, anything that proves me wrong. I worked in the ad tech industry. Um, and, and, and so for years, ad tech was uh, like, uh, uh, had so much money flowing into ad tech. It was uh, completely crazy. Uh, but the foundation were really weak. So no, nobody really proved that uh, uh, working on this sort of uh, hyper-personalization would, would yield uh, very uh, strong business outcomes. That, that was what uh, like the value proposition that was offered to advertisers and marketers. But after some time, like people start, uh, started to question that, uh, that uh, value proposition, to measure things, to examine uh, in a very uh, deep fashion if that was actually true. And they found out that 
maybe marginally it was true, but not to um, to the extent you would have uh, anticipated or hoped for by investing so much money in technology and in hyper personalization. So I, I'm, I'm that I've seen and I'm I'm sure about. So uh, I'm I'm. That, that's what makes me optimistic. Uh, and uh, but you're right. There is also there there are some signals that uh, yeah, younger generations care a bit less about privacy, uh, or in a different way, <laughs> they are also uh, more used to uh, uh, to hiding, to uh, to cheating. So they. They use like uh, many different email addresses. They, they use aliases and so on. So uh, I, I think uh, it's um, uh, it's it's indicating that people don't want to give up on the idea of personalization, but they want to control it. And uh, and that's where I think there is a, an interesting uh, uh, thing to build as a as a solution provider is to to bet on that uh, rather than just. Uh, on pure compliance, which I agree with you, is uh, is not something that uh, most people uh, get interested in, and uh, and I I don't see a future where people would uh, uh, erase their data on a daily basis, unless this is uh, completely natural and uh, and that companies uh, offer that by default. So uh, okay, uh, uh, goodbye. We are erasing all your data, and uh, maybe some companies will do that because, uh, to be honest, it's uh, it, it has virtues. So you. You're storing less data; it's less infrastructure structure cost. So there are many things that uh, are positive about uh, uh, cleaning your data much more. Um, data quality is one thing, and, and uh, uh, very few people suspect how much uh, how, how much better data you can uh, get by uh, investing in privacy. Uh, and and so that that's I, I see things in a positive way. So I prefer to uh, to bet on these. Um, these tangible uh, benefits for companies uh, that are going to push the envelope in the in the right direction. And and from an entrepreneurial point of view, where do you see the domain in the in five years? Let's say. So we want to keep uh, like supporting uh, our our clients. We have. Um, uh, over a thousand clients uh, today in uh, in over thirty countries. So. My main job is to uh, to make sure they um, they stay happy with the solution we provide. That uh, we uh, have our solutions evolve uh, and help them uh, go in like move in, in this direction. Uh, obviously, I, I see Domi as as a platform, so there are like many uh, like modules, many uh, many problems, challenges we can help clients solve for in uh, in a consistent fashion. My obsession is that um, you need this central place where. Uh, you'll have private signals attached to a user profile. Uh, and so if you do that, you can deliver great privacy user experience. You can uh, build in uh, all the, the the protection and, and safeguards for for the actual uh, personal data that uh, that you store. Uh, and so it's, it's a logical solution to all the things I've described. Uh, and so we will keep building that. Uh, and... Uh, Will stay focused, so I, I, I don't want Didomi to 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 do too many things. I, I think this one thing is really uh, really key, and uh, and doing it right is uh, is worth all the the efforts and uh, and uh, the the energy we we put in in Didomi. Nice. And if you were to give one or let's say three tips for someone who has a small business or who's starting a business and wants to do privacy right, what would you give as tips? First one is uh, use your common sense. <laughs> uh, 
I, I believe this is uh, very often overlooked. So uh, in privacy, there is a there is a lot of regulation and law involved. Uh, as a, as a small business, you, you can't really afford probably the cost of reaching the highest compliance uh, standards. Now you can still use your common sense and, and work on the things that actually matter. So uh, if uh, any data protection authority, uh, the Danish DPA uh, knocks at your door, they, they will also take into consideration the fact that you're a small business. So if, if you genuinely uh, worked on the right things, uh, you can accept some, uh, some, some probably some flows here and there. Uh, also because some of the flows will come from uh, from your partners. So if you're partnering with uh, an American company and you're a Europe European small business, there is uh, a risk on paper that uh, the FBI will uh, ask uh, Amazon or Google to access the personal data you have. Again, as a small business, uh, choose carefully uh, your vendors and partners, but uh, by construction, the technology has been built in a way that uh, makes it very hard to control everything. So uh, just reduce the risk and you, you use common sense. Um, then I would, uh, I would say a second tip is probably to uh, uh, start differentiating with privacy uh, because just delivering good privacy uh, user experience is something that your competitors may not be doing uh, and an area where you can build from the ground uh, a very uh, uh, interesting user experience and something that uh, is easier to do when you, you build things rather than you have to transform things. When you're a large business with established uh, processes, tools, uh, uh, tech, it's it's complex to change uh, to change perspective and to to uh, to transform. And when you're a small business, that's uh, when when key strength is uh, you're very agile. You can uh, do things right in the first place, and uh, and that will cost uh, less than uh, your competitors. That will uh, be probably uh, perceived uh, very fast by your uh, customers and your audiences, and so. Maybe you get a chance. Uh, you have a chance to differentiate, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm sure that investing in privacy is uh, is something you will not regret, and that uh, that will like support growth uh, for for whatever uh, period of time you, you you plan to invest in this uh, in this uh, small business. Uh, and uh, last tip, uh, <laughs> maybe as, as an entrepreneur is. Uh, um, it's important to also to always have like a, a very broad view of uh, of your business. Uh, so there is this state that uh, as a business you need to stay very focused. So find your niche and uh, solve for it the, in the best possible way. That's very true. I'm uh, a living proof of that. Uh, at the same time, I believe uh, it's very important to take a very high perspective on your niche uh, and to to stay very curious. Uh, it's important to feed whatever you put in your business with um, a lot of different uh, inputs, uh, perspectives, uh, and uh, and also like exchanging with peers in different uh, areas and, and, and just change, uh, like make sure you have a very diverse uh, environment around you of, of people, uh, uh, topics that, uh, that, you, that will feed your, uh, your passion for, for, for the niche you found. So. That would be my, my three tips. It's my second startup, so I, I guess uh, over time I've, I've learned a couple of, of, of things, hopefully. <laughs> uh.
Thank you. Perfect. Uh, super valuable. Thank you so much. If you want to hear more from Homer, you can follow Didomi, you can follow him on LinkedIn. And I think he wants to invite everyone to join their community. Yes, we, we started um, a community called the Yes We Trust, uh, which is a community for everyone interested in privacy uh, and uh, where we try to uh, to welcome like great uh, contributors like Luisa uh, who joined us uh, in the, in the panel re recently and to uh, to really uh, like approach uh, privacy from different angles from different uh, perspectives uh, and to also make sure we uh, we also um, yeah deliver uh, content uh, to uh, to hot topics uh, so next week we are having a, a webinar on um, on google analytics for transition uh, and we are like uh, the, the goal is for you to to know exactly what to do uh, with this transition from a privacy standpoint but not only there is always like business uh, and uh, trade-offs to to make somewhere so uh, that's how we we like to uh, to approach any any topic. Uh, it's a community, so any um, any contribution is is welcome, and the, and we we like to uh, to receive like hard questions on which we can uh, we can work to to deliver solutions or at least answers. Thank you so much, Homa. This was a fascinating conversation. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, your experience with us, and of course, thank you for being my guest at the Privacy Whisperer podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to the Privacy Whisper podcast and also to the Privacy Whisper newsletter at theprivacywhisper.com.